you know, when I was a kid, I always wanted to have mutant powers. Mm -hmm. Never once did I think of capturing mutants and experimenting on them to take their genetics and mutate it into my body. Well, yeah, because you're a decent human being. And that's what we're talking about this week. Not so decent human beings. (laughs) Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin, the Ex-Wife Podcast in the morning. So it's so the morning. It's 8 a.m., y'all. It is 8 a.m., and we are recording an episode because I have a show tonight. Yay. So you get Justin and Alicia first thing in the morning voices. This is this is week two of our morning edition, and, and mm-hmm. we're, you know, it's not going to continue because no. we like our sleep and we like to do other things, but it, it's a fun, it's a fun, like, I visit mean, to the world. I don't hate it, Yeah, but I also probably wouldn't choose to do it at 8 a.m. No. Especially since I hadn't read comics before. A little binge, so, little binge before breakfast. <laughs> little comic binge before breakfast. But anyway, today we're talking about that Infinity comic, X-Men Green. X-Men Unlimited number 33. We've got Marauders number two. Mm. And Giant Size X-Men Thunderbird number one. Seems like you have swapped the order as well in your stack. Is that intentional or just grabbing the books? Well, I figured that you would want to talk about them in the order in which you presented them to me. And though I did read Marauders second, I thoroughly enjoyed both books, but I feel that the Thunderbird book gives you more where the Marauders book sets up more. Sets up more. Yeah. So. I felt like uh, I don't want to get too too far into it. It's not the time for that. It's time for the news. Let's talk news. Let's talk the multiverse of madness. Oh my god, I am so afraid that because because I have a show tonight and tomorrow, someone is going to post a spoiler before we get to see it on Saturday. I have had so many Marvel movies spoiled for me over the last couple of years. Like Endgame, so much spoiled. No Way Home, so much spoiled. And I'm I'm trying to be good this time. I'm yeah. trying to actually stick to my guns and avoid. But I just I'm just so curious. Oh, what are they commenting? What are they saying? Oh yeah, no, I don't go in and read the comments. Oh, I do. That's that's where the juice is. You're doing that to yourself. I then. know. If you I, get it spoiled from that, I don't feel bad for you. Masochism. <laughs> so if you're in the position where you know things, don't ruin it for other people. Don't no, do just it. don't. Just don't. Kevin Feige actually said in interviews that he feels that marketing spoiled too much already in advertisements. Oh. Like seemingly not to the detriment of the movie's enjoyment because it's gotten great reviews. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he actually commented in an interview the other day. Uh, I think they might have given away a little too many of the, the cameos. Oh, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. But it doesn't sound, we, we have spoken to a couple of people that have seen it. Dylan mm-hmm. uh, has seen it. And he, I mean, all he wanted to say was it's amazing. And it's amazing. He's already going to go see it again. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, ugh. I just can't wait. To see my girl. Leave it at that. Moon Knight, season finale. Wah, wah, wee, wah. Last night. Oh, it's a great week. And this was the same that they did for No Way Home. They're just like, hey, we're going to take one week and we're going to give you everything you want from Marvel content. you your life with one week. Oh, you want Hawkeye? Boom. Oh, you want Spider-Man? Boom. Boom. Oh, you want connections between them? Honestly, there was some, some rumblings of like, oh, there's a spoiler or there's something that is in Moon Knight. And my brain went somewhere else. It didn't, it didn't deliver. And I don't want to say some stuff because I don't know if you've watched it. Oh man, you you all know I'm going to ask about this off the like off, off the, the mic. Record. Off the mic. I'm going to be like, "Excuse me, what?" What? But 
I will say the Moon Knight finale was like, oh, my God. Okay. And then the last two minutes, I was like, wait, oh, what? what? Stay for the post credit. And then, yeah, and then there was a post credit scene and I was even more like, wait, what, though? <laughs> so season. hopefully there's another season of that. Season finale. They've, Marvel has been referring to it as the season, season finale, finale, which okay. is, you know, promising. Interesting seeing as how it's been referred to as a season finale and not a series finale and it had always been called a one season show or it seemed to be billed as a one season show well hopefully that's not the case saturday saturday free comic book day in addition to the day we'll go see multiverse of madness wow what an exciting week right we, we got we got free comic book day we got a dog's birthday party that's also kentucky <laughs> derby party we got wait what you're just telling me now that this is also a kentucky derby party I don't have a hat. I don't have an outfit. This is an outrage. I don't know. I thought that that was part of the, that's why they got a bartender. <laughs> all I knew was asking, we were... asking if they can make mint juleps. Like what? Okay. But all I knew was that this was a party for Rowdy. Anyway. Oh my God. I'm so upset right now. Free comic book day on Saturday. If you don't have a local comic book shop or if you don't know your local comic book shop, there's actually a website, www.comicshoplocator.com where you can search for comic shops by zip code that's pretty cool yeah so find a local comic shop head in a lot of shops that i've seen are going to be having sales to help bring in more people or hey while you're here might as well spend some while, money buy while some you're stuff. getting a free comic why don't you get some other comics yeah but also uh, you should support your local comic shops right yeah i mean i was at the shop yesterday, I, mean, I, I support every week. Don't worry about, don't worry about me. Uh, Regular supporter over yes, here. Buying random things each and every week. Uh, but this week, I was very excited to see trade number one of House of Slaughter. Yes. Uh, that's for our indie reads, but that is probably one of my favorite non-X titles. Is Not House of Slaughter, but Something is Killing the Children. Yeah. This getting, is the spinoff. Getting that picture texted to me, look what I got at the comic shop. Was yeah. one of the most exciting things of my day yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Keep an eye out for two big Marvel free comic book day comics. So Avengers slash X-Men number one and Spider-Man slash Venom number one and a bunch of other comics from other publishers. Amazing. And the last thing I want to mention and the maybe not bit of news. go in too deep, but X-Men Monday. X-Men Monday. Jordan D. White was on answering a bunch of questions, right? Mm -hmm. One specifically about delays and how it will affect but you know it's just it's, it's been affecting it's the question, industry yeah. right yeah uh it's they're very aware of it and they're working overtime to make sure that the story driven reasons of why one book has to appear before another mm. are not messed up like they're, they're checking double checking and, and just moving pieces ahead yeah, as I they can't can imagine how frustrating not like you know it's gonna happen whatever's gonna happen but like when you plan something out, when you plot it out, and then there's this this wrench that gets thrown into your mm, plan, mm -hmm. that must feel so stressful to be like, oh my goodness. Because you know, like, people don't care. Right. People don't care about your situation. They no, only they just, care they just about want their, things. their results. Right. And then to have so many books with so many different pieces. Right. So that many are moving parts. Building together in the one tapestry of story. Well, I wish them all the best on that front. Yeah. Something else was about why 
different books got new number ones and or new titles. Oh, uh, you know, he did say not going to say that sales aren't a factor, but it also was a very natural way of doing things, a story driven impact where there was a reason for it to be this new title or to have this new shade of direction. And I thought that that was it's, it's not just the same book, but with a new number one on it. You know, there mm. is I, I think Knights of X was definitely a different book. Yes. I think Marauders is definitely a different book. Yeah. Different focus, different creative team. But I don't want another X-Men number one. <laughs> I'm sticking to that. Jerry has been teasing these big things, big things into hold off on spoilers for 11 and 12 ooh, for people. So, ooh, Jerry. And the last bit that I thought was really interesting was how far back did the heel turn of Moira go? Was that part of Hickman's original plan? Yes. Okay. It was not. <gasps> it was not a I part of House of X and Powers of Ten. Came up later, but wasn't too much later. It was actually around when they decided that they weren't going to be able to do the Moira series. That there oh, just wasn't enough space. There was going to be a Moira series? There was going to be a Moira series. I thought that was just a dream you no, had. No, <laughs> no. Al Ewing pitched for it. He had a plan for it. It was a title that would, I think the description was, dance between the raindrops of her ten lives. And oh, so you oh. would see different elements. And that that's amazing. That's so Yeah, everybody wants that. Right. So it's, just, it's interesting that that then developed and then maybe progressed even further into what it is now. what it is now crazy robo moira robo moira <laughs> in the original stuff she was not going to end up where she is now like literally going i hate krakoa and i want to murder everyone i used to be friends with <laughs> it's a fun interview check it out some preview art as well but where was the interview x-men monday x-men a- monday aipt comics.com oh got it yeah that's a thing every monday or most mondays all right so it's time is it time it's, time to talk about them books. It's time to talk about them scrollers first. Oh my goodness, this X-Men Green. I, You know, I, I want to be on Team Mutant, but also like, yo, guys. <laughs> yo, Curse went hard into being evil. They all did. Like, did you? Oh my God, they all did. <laughs> <laughs> Here am I like, wait, what? Sauron can breathe fire? Right? <laughs> Where's that power been? It's it's there. It's in his power set. It's crazy. Guess I just missed it. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like even the fact that Curse brings up, like Doug basically said, you know, do Doug, you, but just do it yeah, differently. Yeah, just do things well. And they're like, nah. Nah. And just like, nature girl? Yeah, I called them the nature murder squad because that's really what they're doing on this giant oil frigate. Like, or- you have to think, okay, yes, oil is not great, but... These people did not invent drilling for oil. Right. They did not, they do not own the companies. Like, yeah, I guess you could argue that they're working there, so they're contributing, but everybody needs a job. Like, right. it's not like fossil fuel is this thing that is like so unheard of and, and so ridiculous. And like, it's not like the other issues where they're going out and like, Poaching animals, right, right, right. You know, this and is, lying about what they're doing. This is an industry that, has, but I mean, it, it's an interesting conversation. Is what they're doing right? No, it is very radical, but radical action 
creates radical change and that you know i'm not saying oh so it's so if we want to change something we should just go murder all the people who which, are involved in it which is why i just qualified <laughs> i'm not agreeing with what they're doing but also i understand the intensity of what they're doing and especially coming from someone that has uh, lynn having such a deep connection to the world and to the the pains that the world is going in through and, and especially with this evolution that she's going through. Yeah, but Sauron straight up held a man in fire and burned him alive. Sauron is a villain and has historically always been a villain. I expect that from Sauron. And Curse is a demon spawn. Like, well, Curse can't can't survive without doing evil things, apparently. Right. So they're all just feeding each other this cycle. I don't know. I'm just like, okay, well, why don't you just like take all the people off the thing and then explode it and then they can't then they can't mine for oil anymore look at curse in the background as nature girl just is like just just airplane arms like dancing around having so much fun she, and I, I even wrote she's gleefully twisted like she's yeah. just so happy she's as having she's the best time essentially killing these men yep oh man this, the art in here is killer yeah yeah Amelia Lasso, I, I love it. And Rachel Rosenberg's colors, the, the fire. Yeah, yeah, the art is so good. The way that Nature Girl just murders that person at the end. Like, oh, yeah, with the staff. Staff in the throat. Ooh, like, I just, I just feel like they need some reining in. You know, at first I was like, they don't deserve to be in the pit. And now I'm like, maybe put them back in there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's like... The, the state gave you leniency and you did not learn your lesson. So far out of everyone that's in that's been put in the pit, most these, deserving. these three should definitely be there. Yes. Let me do my evil villain monologue as you slowly turn the tide of the bugs overloading the gun and the swing from the staff to the face. Did you see the decapitated head that's still able to argue as it forms into the gate? Oh, but God. you're human. Yeah. And then that, that broadcast at the end, we're yeah. not human, we're X-Men. You oh. shouldn't have said that oh, one. You put the name on it. Like, you put the name on it, and now your face is out there, and now everybody knows you're not in the pit anymore. Yeah. And I just that's an interesting story point. Right. That that's to just, me was like, oh, That's snap. the driver. Like, we're I'm, pulling this into the real, real now. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm not fine with it, but you know, like I'm excited I'm, for where the story is going to go. Yeah. And then so many of my favorite X Men, so many of my favorite mutants Bishop, Jean end. Gray, Magic, and Kate Pride. Why'd you put Jean Gray second? <laughs> it was where I saw with my eyes. It's not my list. It's not the proper order for my list. Okay. Well, next time when you get to do the list, you can put it in your order. Written by Steve Orlando, art by oh, Amelia yeah. Lasso, colors by Rachel Rosenberg, letters by Joe Sabino. V sees Joe Sabino, and you said that so fast, purposely, so I couldn't say Kate, Magic, Bishop, and Jean. Yes. But I did it anyway. Steve Orlando. Steve Orlando. Bringing his comics this week. Getting it. He is involved Let's with go. every every title. That's amazing. Week. Good work, Steve. Thoughts on this? You just, we we kind of talked I about it. I mean, intense. it was bananas. It was literally the first comic I read today while I was still laying in bed. And then I was like, okay, well. Well, that time to start the day. <laughs> Guess we're ready. But I, I do really find this storyline interesting because it's also very relevant. Yeah. 
and a lot of relevance in most of these stories too. right like, yeah and i feel excited about how it's gonna tie into larger world yeah yeah for sure yeah the ramifications of this are that's entirely new territory which i feel like is the most exciting of the stories because it it feels like it's going to have consequences yeah it's lived entirely in x-men unlimited in that x-men green has been this through line but yeah probably the most issues for a title yeah, or tor- for a concept third round right second or third yeah something like that yeah maybe crazy we shall see what happens next on to the next steve on to the next steve marauders number two tell me about that cover that cover is intense. It's like <laughs> intense and kind of creepy. Is I mean, it's creepy, but it also gives me. It also makes me kind of worried because it sort of looks like Eric the Red and Cassandra Nova are on the same team in this. Oh, really? I don't get that at all. It, Cassandra Nova is in pain, and also seems to maybe have some hard light effect. Oh, I guess I, I just was like, they're both facing me, and Did you see the the superimposed head on her head. Yeah, now I do. I love how Eric the Red looks in this. So this is the same cover artist as last time. Mm. But I do think that this looks a little bit more... A little less video gamey. Yeah. Yeah, I like this one better. Okay, let's dig in. Page turn noise. <laughs> Lockheed. Yeah, Lockheed coming up upon an intense pile of dead bodies in Newark, New Jersey. This... I, I was looking at it, and this Lockheed design reminds me of Joanna from Rescuers Down Under, and that's all oh I could think God. of. Oh, my God. That's all I could think of. <laughs> yeah, this this page, though. Nothing to do with the rest of the issue. Uh, yeah. It's like, oh, meanwhile, Lockheed, and then that's all you get. Which, how did Kate leave Lockheed while she went on this journey? I don't know, man. Doesn't make any sense, but we'll find out maybe next time. Maybe issue. next time. Who knows? Because we're gone from there now. Yeah. You know, Do you think that was a particularly evil place in New Jersey? or? <laughs> Ooh, maybe. Ooh, that would be interesting. Wouldn't that be interesting? But also it says love on the wall, so it makes me think about its brim- brimstone love connection. Oh, that would make sense too. Yeah. It's like, remember this other thing that's kind of building in the background? That that would actually be better, I think, just staying in with its own plot threads. Right, instead of going into... Wild other thing. But you never know. You never know. Hey, let's, let's restate and focus our problem at hand. You know, we've got all this thing going on with the Shi'ar. There's some secrets. And Xandra is trying to understand her place and power in this situation. It kind of feels like the Kin Crimson are really the ones in charge or they think they are really the ones in charge I mean, they're pulling the weight and xandra's like mm, but right. i'm actually I'm on, the, I'm on the throne the one who's ruling so i probably should be the one to ne- make the decision naramani like, let's go bird people come on you who even are you delphos some kind of scroll with your obscured face yeah what's happening they don't get to know our secrets they're really old and we've sworn by them so that's it that's it And I just, I don't trust Delphos. Not at all. But it seems like she's got everyone on her side. This line from Xandra, you take liberties, Delphos. It's what we should all be questioning. The intensity of this unknown. Who's in charge here? You know, like, and and Gladiator bends the knee, you know, Deathbird bends the knee. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, sketchy business for sure. Good to see there's an update. I mean, I, I... 
liked seeing this follow-up from Secret X-Men. Mm. Captured by the Sidri Deathbird at the end of Secret X-Men. At least it's all relevant. Yeah. I guess the thing is, too, like, do they not understand that she's half mutant? Right. Right. Like, <laughs> like, Mm, right that, she has a different vibe than the rest of you and it's an interesting dilemma that she's going through just she knows the gravity we don't yet right but yet. she knows the gravity of the secret and what it will do to them when they find out and, yeah. and i think we know generally but we do from some clues but i have some ideas later oh some clues i didn't see any clues well just just context clues <laughs> yeah well it's a title page. Get ready. The New Marauders. Extinction Agenda Part 2. Written by Steve Orlando. Art by Eleonora Carlini. Color art by Matt Miller. Letters and production by Ariana Maher and Clayton Knowles. Which, shout out to Comic Extracts. Apparently, Clayton has been the, the secret hard to pronounce name all along. That we've been over Knowles? here arguing over Petit, Pettit, and he was on an interview recently and introduced himself as sounding like Knowles, Clayton Knowles. I sure it was like Clayton Coles. Knowles? There's no N. There's no K. There's no... I don't understand language. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't fact check. Anyway, VCs for both of them. <laughs> I thought I was going to sneak away. <laughs> it is Coles. Coles. Yeah. Rhymes with Knowles. Also the store. Right. But it says on his profile... Clayton Coles rhymes with Knowles. Did oh, some fact checking. Okay, some fact checking. This has is been this done. is the first of a special sauce cut in. What up, special sauce cut in? Hey, continuing on our recap, we've got the Marauders versus Eric the Red. Dun dun dun. This team shot was a preview, and I really like it. I don't know how you feel about the art in this issue versus last issue. If you've gotten more used to it, you know what you're expecting. I. I still see a lot of disagreement with it or a lot of grumblings of people not enjoying it. And I understand it's not what you're expecting, but. I just, I do, I do like it better. I think it's much better. Like in, in that, like I'm more ready for it. And right, right. there's so much action in this book and the action it sequences pays off are in, so amazing. Exactly. It pays off in chaos. And yeah. I feel like that's, that's what I want for my comics. I want chaos. Yeah. I think I just Most like. Most of the time. <laughs> Secretly want everyone to draw Kate like Russell Dodderman draws Kate. Sure. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's just a secret little wish. But I mean, I definitely felt more connected to the art this time. Yeah. Yeah. I love Eric the Red saying, oh, yeah, all those other fights. That wasn't me going full red. You know, I, that was just me playing with you guys. I was just losing on purpose. But this calling them loose dogs. That's going oh full red. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like... Oh, my God. Yeah, well, when a dog gets off their leash, it's like, whoa, bro, okay. Whoa, all right. Do you have any idea what that box is? It's a MacGuffin. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, we know, <laughs> but we don't. We don't. No, actually, I have no idea. The the budding relationship triangle between Doc and Aurora and Somnus, as they're <laughs> they're talking about. I do really love the, the character moments. Mm-hmm. It's got that X Factor vibe. Where yeah, they're doing their exactly. thing, but they're building a family. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like that's, in a lot of other titles, not there. Mm -hmm. Especially in the, the fight sequence when you have them telepathically talking to each other. Right. They get they get little quips and side comments and 
moments that happen. Yeah. I love the the comment of Cassandra Nova, rightfully so, getting no respect, like that mass murdering filth. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. As Eric the Red... She still hasn't earned her place like in the hearts of the rest of the team yet. No. I, well, I mean, that's from... That was from Eric, um, which, you know, everybody's like, yeah, you know, our, I think Tempo calls her our murder aunt later yes, on. Yes, that's what she said. I uh, love that. And the hard skin. This was something interesting, newly introduced, I believe, mm-hmm. creating these replicas of the team. I do love this page. This, this, this splash, splash page. page. Yeah. I mean, at first I was kind of confused by Psylocke's outfit. And then I remembered as the thing, the issue went on that the two of them, Bishop yeah. and Psylocke, were wearing those little spacesuits. <laughs> yeah. But like for some reason, Bishops, I didn't notice as much at Same. first. And I was like, what the heck was, is this costume I was that Psylocke mad. is wearing? This yeah. is not her costume. I was kind of upset. I was like, why are we Why are we doing this? I mean, it's fine. Continuity, baby. Yeah. That's why. I mean, as X-Men team uniforms go, these aren't bad. And no. especially if they're spacesuits, they're cool. Right. I was thrown off at first until I realized PJ messages this morning. It's like, ah, guys, just so you remember, like that was because they were in space. <laughs> PJ knows us so well. He knows the things that are going to upset me. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, um, Alicia, this costume is meant to be this costume. Yeah. But I did. I figured it out on my own. But thank you, PJ. I do. I love these pages afterwards. And like I mentioned, the, the in-fight telepathic thought bubbles, mm-hmm. they're fun. They play a little with the characters as we see everyone's power in action. Like everyone gets a moment, some more than others, but that's similar to last issue's fight as well. I think it captures the full fight dynamic yes. with character development. Yes, for sure. It's like we need everyone on the team to be able to accomplish our task yeah and a little reminder or expansion on different ways that they can use their powers like tempo trying to slow down this this Mm. light projection and as they figure it out and just everybody playing off of each other yeah and i will say the the colors of these pages yeah along with the motion the kinetic energy of the art it's really it's very exciting would agree, especially that last panel explosion. Explosion, I know. As Bishop chokes on the power. Wait, but I love, I love Kate going full ninja and being like, "That's fine. I don't have to use my powers. Yeah, I could kill you with this sword, and I will enjoy it." It's definitely. I mean, I love having a sword on Kate. That just makes sense for an offensive attack weapon mm-hmm. it's just really hyping up the pirate ship captain and yeah she keeps on getting referred to as captain and <laughs> well she's still the captain of the team sure. regardless and of the ship right yeah yeah whether it's a spaceship or a pirate ship right poor bishop explosion too much power oh man and data page da- there's a lot of data pages going on there, a lot yeah there were a lot of data pages and the content of these data pages was a little hard to read in in sense of what it is that's being established that the Shi'ar did, right? So they <laughs> well, that's the point. They're like, we're going to tell you we did something, but we're still not really going to tell you right. what it is we did. Well, they harvested genes and have yielded the hard skin, a malleable force that can be formed and utilized through thought. And there's hints towards a wet skin. Basically, we need to extract this from someone else's genes. We'll find them mm, at some point. I wonder whose genes you could have extracted them Maybe from. the first mutants, the first blood ever spilled. Maybe the first mutants. That's what I'm thinking is mm-hmm. what the... I the, see. Those are your clues. Of the shames. But 
when it gets to the shames, the hard and wet skins are listed separately from the first blood spilled. Right. So. Which, I mean, I'm not saying they that could they... be the second blood spilled. Sure. <laughs> well, the hard skins, the hard skins is in reference to the Dabari. On Dabari 3, we discovered a local population capable of bending the light force to their will. So each of these things might have come from you know, each of these the shades. Jedi. Yeah, basically. <laughs> May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. That was yesterday. Gladiator over here. Hey, I thought you were my guy, and here you are okay with all this. There's an armada and a spaceship to kill all my friends. I just have to say that every time I see Gladiator, all I think about is Captain Planet. Captain Planet mixed with Superman. Yeah. Captain Planet. Even his name is like Kalark. How is that not Kal-El? <laughs> I don't know, but he looks like Captain Planet. Sure. We lied to you, so you lived unburdened. Just the gravity of what she's seen. We still have absolutely no idea. Well, we kind of, we can assume that the Shi'ar long ago captured and experimented on the earliest mutants, adding their powers into advancements and abilities for their race, which rings kind of similar to thunderbirds harvest initiative that's what i'm saying which i I was like i was thinking about this that might be a cool connection of of narrative if it wasn't the same writer on both books Mm. (laughs) i was like oh okay well we're just using it over here as an ancient technique and using it over here as just a dirty human technique i mean though isn't that exactly what orcus is doing exactly well and like that's kind of what people do is they they manipulate, manipulate mutant mutants to, to make themselves better, even though they say secretly that they hate mutants, but exactly. really deep down inside they just want to be one. Exactly. So can't I don't think you can hold that to Steve as a sure, as a it's trope. Just, it's no, just it's a just general, a general trope. guiding principle of hey, we want power, you have power, give me power. We're give going me, to me. colonize mutants. Essentially, I'll take it from you. Yeah. Yeah. And if you thought the first blood spilled was a lot of mystery, but wait, there's more. There are nine more. Nine more. The first blood spilled. The theft of the hard skin. The birth of the wet skin. Shapeless ridge. The fall of Emperax the Red. Gelding of Burge. The Asher Gambit. The Goblin Extraction. The Alternity Kill. And the tenth shame. The tenth shame. The tenth shame is so shameful. We don't they even can't even have a name for it other than the tenth shame. Nobody even knows what it is. Only one person knows. Dun dun dun. But this is the the child's throne. The truth must be buried as Delphos watches on. Ah, uh, Delphos. She's mad, rightfully so, and reacting to this large secret history and power set of her society, of her people that. Like a shadow government just revealed itself to the president, basically. And it seems as though she's like the first leader to be questioning them. Well, and especially from Gladiator's note, it's been centuries since we've heard from them. Like right. we, we just understood that that was That's a Shi'ar thing. And she's like, yeah, except I'm half mutant people. Y'all don't and understand. And also, I don't agree. Just because that's how it's always been done doesn't mean that's how it should continue to be done. Yeah. Going Nova, Bishop with the overload of power as Cassandra Nova gets her character moment. and These two, there's something between them. What, the... Eric, Eric and Cassandra, something has happened in the past, I feel. Well, so cassandra's connection as the mama dry and and what she did to the shiar which is not something that you necessarily know i see after 
Grant Morrison's start to their run. So, yes. Got it. So there's things I'm missing. <laughs> yes, yes. There are certainly things that you're missing, especially, you know, later on when this guy coming in on the dragon calls yeah, her. Yeah, what's that about? Mama Dry Filth. Like, that is essentially, they have a connection to who Cassandra Nova is canonically. Got it. And just this, you're going to have to choke me harder if you want a reaction. <laughs> yeah. But... I'm not trying to yuck your yum, Cassandra, but we're in the middle of a battle here. And... Yeah. Oh, she was like, my brother did worse than that to me in the womb. Little baby hands. I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, okay. The Kin Crimson. Eric laying it out as to how long they've been involved with everything she are. Right. Like this, this page with all the narration, they've been there in the shadows the entire time. I got to say, though, you know, Eric, you're over here saying this is you ain't seen my power yet. And then you're like, but I got to call for backup because yeah. I can't fight you guys. Right. Because my hard light isn't good. Those were all baby fights that I was practicing. But I need my friends. I need my friends. But they're bigger than the throne. Their family. Hmm. Not in blood shared, but in blood shed. Families that kill together stay together. Mm-hmm. Chaos everywhere. Another epic splash page. Yeah, a couple of sections about it, just like everybody losing everything as madness ensues. This dragon creature slicing through the ship and the, the space, the oxygen bubble is gone. Mm-hmm. And this moment of eric the red about to get the box yes and also just this cool team tactical maneuver as they're all ready for this to happen you know you expect something like that from the the war captain commander and the guy that is ahead of this this war college you know that they're practicing these tactical responses to and especially you know that marauders issue when they were trapped in space and needed to do something right so how do i use the powers around me to give me a backup, essentially. Speaking of the powers around me. Speaking of. Head on into the dreamscape. <laughs> the dreamscape. Which it just feels like, yeah, the first page is just a joke and or trying to get a handle on what's going on, kind of. <laughs> kind of, sort of. We're inside my dreams. I can suspend time in here. But we don't okay, even, why did you do this before? We didn't even tell you that until a couple pages later. This is just, <laughs> hey, uh, Seeker 3000, which is a Marvel reference to something. Uh, I looked that up. That is a ship that first appeared in Marvel premiere number 41 in 1978. With a hunky man, apparently. Yep, with a hunky man at the starship. But they didn't take Cassandra with them. Right. Well, she was still squaring off, you know, and... She doesn't need a bubble helmet. And and we don't get anything... This is her last appearance in the book. You know, this, Mm -hmm. this fight with these two... On the dragon and we don't see them later on either which is interesting to all right what happens with them what's happening in those seven seconds well it's only seven seconds right Justin. right so Time. the next book they'll hopefully come back and i would assume yes in those seven seconds but who knows how long they'll be in the dreamscape right Time manipulation on another level just hey we, we can be in here and plan we could be in here for seven days and come up with a cool response I think that's an interesting use of Somnus's power, and we actually get him doing something cool to add in. Because I've always been curious, like, what, what is he going to do? do? Right? Yeah. How's he going to work on this team? Dream therapy. And that final page. They're just floating there. Left with the choice in front of her, Zandra, surrounded by her new forced council, looking at the mutants who seek to uncover a terrible secret of her people and potentially cause war. 
We don't get her decision. We don't get it. I don't know what she's going to do, but I don't think she's going to kill the marauders. I don't know. Because it's it's like, what do, you, what do you do? Do you bring them onto the ship and explain and, and then see how they react? And then, ah, no, they didn't react how we wanted, so I guess we kill them. I don't know. They'll come back within seven seconds with a bigger, badder plan and she right. won't have to make a decision. But also Cassandra, like, who is her aunt, mm. right? Actual aunt, not her murder aunt. Actual aunt. I mean, as much of an aunt as she can be as a construct of yeah, something. psionic energy. Baby, and, not baby. Yeah. But was also kind of a baby. But was also kind of a baby. Yeah, mama dry. Whatever. Secrets of the Shi'ar. That which, title made me excited. And if I don't learn at least one secret in the next issue, I'm going to be P.O.'d. I feel like that's you need to deliver on that in the next issue because... All the hype, all, all the build up. Well, yeah, it's the hype, it's the build up, it's the mystery, it's the amount of unknown in this, and the fact that if you don't give us something, you you took what was one secret that threaded from the annual to issue one, okay, you made it ten, and then you made it ten secrets. It just, you know, I I'm enjoying it. I'm still kind of on the fence. It's a very deep new history embedded in a long time concept of the Shi'ar. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of early Excalibur expanding the vast world of other world you know we're taking this concept Mm. that you know of in x-men in marvel continuity and we're building a a deeper mythology into it you're talking about early krakoan age excalibur right how it built off of og excalibur exactly It, it seems huge though uh I'm not sure how long we can play this out and how it ends in a way that isn't an all-out war with the Shi'ar because that's my big question is, is yeah, how do they walk too, away like, from this? Mm, I don't want to say this. I'm, I'm a little like, uh, but I'm going to say it. I thought the new direction of the Marauders book was supposed to be about them going and finding mutants who well, didn't, who needed to be saved and the first, brought to Krakoa. The first mutants. Yes. So they're assuming, I guess, that they're alive and or there's some secrets to uncover that they are here to rescue them. Right. But I'm just saying it kind of seemed like we were going to get a book with all these like little shorter nuggets of stories of little adventures of going to save mutants and things like that. And now we've got this big Shi'ar space story that has the little nugget of, but the first mutants. But really, (laughs) it's about our relationship with the Shi'ar. Yeah. Yeah, and we're in space. I don't mind that. I still feel like that that rings true to the concept. It is just a lot bigger than what maybe we thought was going to happen. I mean, there was a whole thing about them getting a new boat and all of the things. That's and, true. And then we went, whoop, no, but we're gonna go to space and do this thing. For You're just many. mad that she's not gonna be at the gala. No, that's not it. I've gotten <laughs> over that. This is this is just me saying, hmm. The Daily Ilyana said on Twitter yesterday. Oh, what? You have two of your war captains deep in space and not the one that can teleport? Okay, cool. Cool, like, cool. Like, good great. job. That's good. good idea. It would be pretty dope if Magic was just like, what's up? I'm here. Yeah, it makes sense. Especially, you know, like their connection, Kate and Ilyana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other big thoughts? No, I mean, I just think, you know, this this was issue two. So we've we've got the setup going and now I want to get some of the juicy bits. Yeah, you yeah know, we need we some did- payoff. We did technically learn about two of the secrets with mm-hmm. this, the wet and hard. Yeah, we te- <laughs> <laughs> What a sentence. Yeah, right. Uh, skin everywhere. Yuck. 
we learned the names of two secrets and well, we but we learned, we learned the, the names of 10 secrets we learned the names of 10 secrets and we learned that the one was stolen yeah. and, and, and where it was stolen from and the that general... the second was you know created in in tandem or as a complement to so yeah. we learned a little bit about those we didn't necessarily learn specifically who it was stolen from but yeah, no i i enjoyed it i just it's a lot of unknown and mystery and, yeah. and and that not that that's a bad thing because if you're going to have an ongoing you want to seed it with a lot right. of potential like steve is building a lot of even even if that first page does connect to the other larger story with brimstone love right like you're building these it just i don't want there to be too many really big conceptual stories right and not enough follow through on any one thing right cuz then it gets then it then it turns into X-Men. Sure. And you're like, are we ever going to finish all these adventures? Or? Right. Well, at least there's character development. Yeah. You know, there's least... character development in this one. Yes. What about you? Any other thoughts, questions? Oh, I got questions. Oh, he got questions? I want to I talk about the Kin Crimson and the Ten Shames. Mm-hmm. So this, like, how would you feel if you are Empress Zandra? And this shadow government reveals itself with these deep, dark secrets for your society, your people that y- you like, can't do or say anything about. Angry. Right. I would feel angry that nobody t- decided that I needed to know this information before and now. Right. Well, that's level 10 clearance. You know, that's... Yeah, but I'm the one, the number one. Right. You take me to Area 51 on day one. Right. You don't you care don't how old I am. You wait until the aliens explode. Right. Yeah, you know, until it's Independence Day, and, right. and then you got to. Well, I mean, technically, in Independence Day, the president didn't, didn't know, know about the alien bunkers. Seems to be a common practice, right? But I mean, I think I would just be upset. I think it would be different if it was more this idea of like, you know, the King Crimson hides something, and and it's like a neat, like you heard the lore yeah, of a you secret knew that, but you just didn't know like the specifics of the secrets because. But then I feel like that creates the the wonder or the desire to seek it out you know then they don't want that right and just the idea it's such an interesting concept this idea of like well we're not telling you so that you can rule without clouding your judgment but if the things that you're you're keeping from the ruler are like potentially war causing no they're going to cloud the judgment because they're bad they're they're really terrible I'm not telling you so that you can make a good decision, but really I'm not telling you because I know I did wrong. Right. But you think of if Zandra knew the first Bloods built a while ago, would she have continued to build relationships with the mutants at that time? Or would she be, not. be distancing herself? And so is that part of the motivation is that they need some of that connection? Messed up. Yeah, no, for sure. That ain't even right. I mean, we talked about it a little bit throughout, but I'm really excited about the team synergy and character dynamics yes. that we're getting through this book. I feel like it does a lot of really good, even just slight moments. And some is throwaway dialogue, sure, but it is still giving us a sense of who these characters are and who they are in relation to each other. Yes. There's not really a question in there. It's just... That's just a statement yeah. that you needed to make. I needed to say it. It's true. Last but not least, Cassandra Nova. Oh, Cassandra. And, and that's last for not least now. We might be cutting in some other questions if we get later on. But Yes. Uh, Cassandra Nova, what are your thoughts on her and especially how she's acting here as this great defender of the the mutant team fighting against the the Reds? Like, Can she be redeemed in any way? I don't know. Maybe. I don't think she could... Mm. Yeah, right. 
I just think she's a little unhinged. Oh, yeah. You know, I that's love- what I get from her is that like crazy. Okay. I love her character design. Like, I'm going to throw, throw myself to the wind and like, I don't care because I've lost it. There's nothing left for me. I don't have anything left. Let's just go nuts. Let's just go crazy. And I think it'll be interesting to see if she has any secret ulterior motives or. Yeah. What's her back pocket plan? What's. Yeah. Because I feel like she's got to have something else that she's working towards that she's using the team for. Mm -hmm. She can't just be genuinely here to help. Yeah. You know, she's got to get something out of it, I think. But yeah, she just gives me that like, whatever happens, I'm throwing myself to the wind. Yeah. Now for round two, special sauce cut in. Mm-hmm. I love announcing them, especially when we do our recordings in the morning. And now it's like we've had a whole day. I we come yeah, back. we had, had a whole a day. I had a show, I and went I'm out with like, friends. I'm riding on that post show high right yeah. now. So I can see it tomorrow. Ooh, ooh. Exciting! It's really good. <laughs> Gonzalo, our friend from Uruguay, yes, said great week for X. Hyphen Marah Factors Tour. Oh my God, I love that <laughs> which, so much. Which totally picks up on what you were saying about the vibes from this connecting to X yeah. Factor. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, it just feels like a family. Right, which I love and, mm-hmm. and is the vibe from an X-Men comic that I want. Exactly. You know, action, but action also and, love and family. Yeah, community and... Speaking of love and family, uh-huh. Vaterino wants to know, so are Doc and Somnus and Aurora officially a thruple? Good for them. I don't know. Because uh, yeah. there was a comment like, oh, was he like this when he was with you? Right. And I so that Former to me, lovers, definitely. Yeah, that to me seems like we're all cool with this kind of conversation, but I don't know if they're officially a thruple. Right. There are no interconnected rooms on a data page <laughs> making you speculate, uh, what? Like. Where are people living in that spaceship? Mm. Yeah, that'd be. I mean, I'm interested to see where it develops, but I think they just have like a good relationship, or um, you know, they're on good terms with each other, even yeah, though yeah. they're not all dating. Healthy. Yeah, it's healthy. And Michael underscore Fox says the art style on Marauders is um da 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 interesting choice, which <laughs> I I'm telling you, Michael. There's a lot of people that feel similarly. Yeah. Um, It's a vibe that a lot we're not expecting. Yeah. I mean, I definitely. I am am liking it more and more the more I see it. You know, you just have to go into it with a different mindset. Just be in it, be in the story, be in the action. If you really immerse yourself in the art for what it is. It just it is definitely an anime manga type vibe. Yes. And I even I still see that now after I said that for the first issue. I yeah. still see it in the the facial expressions, especially. Yeah, like when they make like a shocked face. Right, right. right. Like they got those like big like watery looking eyes. Right. You picture that noise. Yes. I hear it in my head. <laughs> I didn't mention this earlier, but I got Siren. Oh, look at her. Marvel Legend in from GameStop. For some reason, they had Siren and Hot Claws, but Hot Claws sold out. No hot claws for you. I still haven't ordered it. What are you doing? Taking a stand against Wolverine. Mm. No more Wolverines? Doubtful. That's not going to happen. Not going to happen. We must have all the Wolverines. Hey, let's talk about Thunderbird. Okay, let's talk about it. Giant Size X-Men Thunderbird number one. Number one. This cover. Explosive. Yeah, something's happening. Thunderbird is in 
full full effect full effect in that full gear that full, classic look that classic look yeah the thing that he did not have any say in apparently mm. which we find out later on i yeah i really really enjoyed that section the data page yeah, yeah. cool Are you all right you ready yeah Woo-hoo. page turn noise <laughs> Just enough of what you need in case somehow you got here without reading Trial of Magneto or knowing that Thunderbird was back. Hey, welcome back, naked guy. Hey, what's up? You've been dead for a really long time or maybe like 10 years in Marvel continuity. I don't know. Who really knows? But it's time for you to go back to Arizona. Yeah, with your intention. You you get your resurrection and your intention. And I really appreciate this double page landscape that punctuates the moment, especially with how... In a few pages, we get a lot more into the reflection and character. Like this is a, hey, here's the big, here's me coming home. Here's mm-hmm. Thunderbird coming back to where he's, his family is or, or what is left of his family. Yeah. I really liked this because for me, this whole issue, it definitely, you know, started something new. Mm-hmm. There were moments when I felt a little bit like, hmm, I feel a little on the outside here because I don't know this whole story. But also felt like as a person who didn't read the original stories with Thunderbird in it, that it gave me a good context of his history. Yeah, it get, gets you what you need to know. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a title page. Throw your hands in the air. And when there was one. Written by Steve Orlando and Nyla Rose, art by David Cutler, inks by Jose Marzin Jr. with Roberto Poggi, colors by Irma Nivella, and letters and production by Travis Lanham. We're coming home. Mm-hmm. A really cool monologue about Thunderbird's impact as a character while he's been gone. A lot of emotion in his facial expressions, too. I thought that was really good. Yeah. I really like the art in this book overall. This is David Cutler. We know him on Instagram. We know him on Instagram. Amazing. I also just think it's really interesting for him to be acknowledging that he wasn't a character that was around for very long and he has all this weight right. to him that he's like, do I really live up to this? Right. You know, to, to call himself the first X-Men that died in battle, which is maybe not the most mm-hmm. correct thing, but, you know, it, retcons are tricky. Mm-hmm. The Krakoan team that went, the the secret. Oh, deadly genesis. Yeah, basically. And or would you count Changeling? I don't know. He wasn't really an X-Man. I don't know. I don't know. He didn't die in battle. He died of cancer. But he's going home, and home isn't quite what he thought it was going to be. These children are jerks. Well, I don't really blame them. They're yeah, for like, sure. You're a stranger I just, who says that you're a person who was dead, dead and is years. now alive. And yeah. we just witnessed these people come in and take all of our elders from us. Yeah. So they, I would be a little skeptical. Sure. It just feels like a statement of now and how people are treated. Oh, yeah. For it, sure. Which is... I Assume love, the worst. I love how Sabretooth is doing that. And I really appreciate how this is doing it as well. Just bringing mm-hmm. in concepts from the current climate and world and and historical climate and world and relating it to mutants and or indigenous mutants yeah basically they say everyone was taken but we're not telling you where and he's like okay don't worry about it i'll get them all back yeah i'm gonna do what i need to do because i'm thunderbird nobody's gonna tell me anything else 
Loved loved this data page. This data page was so great because it's so clear now why the costume looks the way it looks. Right. Yeah. So David Cutler redesigned Thunderbird's costume, his uniform for this issue, for this reimagining of this character. We didn't see it in X-Men Red number one, Mm -hmm. but now we've seen it here. I wonder if we'll see it in future issues of X-Men Red. I think we will. I think this is his new look. Yeah. And I just loved the meaning to it and especially the turquoise and, and what that means. Yes. It was it was I think a nice thing to to have and to say because I remember people not being thrilled with the look when it came out. Right. And I think it's it's really important to say like, hey, this, this isn't is, about you and right. your aesthetic and what you want to see. This is about Or what you know about the character right. previously. This is about being true to what is deep in the character's soul and how it relates mm-hmm. to his culture right. and his his history, right? which I think is a, a really important thing to have. Yeah. As he brings the thunder. Dun, dun, dun. I saw some of this preview art and it's just that much more awesome with the words feeding Thunderbird's actions. Mm-hmm. He's often characterized as a hothead. But he has the right to be raging out here. Yeah, he is mad. You he stole rips that our man people right through the glass. You though. stole. You you thought yeah. you could just treat people like things and take them. Yeah. <laughs> hey, where's that backup? We we're having some problems. We need some help. Hey, I need some help here. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> Heritage Initiative. Is that the whoa? All of this is the whoa. Orcus and who is this person? Who's got these bracelets? I assume it's Lydia Nance. We don't actually find out who is this person talking off screen. But Lydia Nance was the head of the Heritage Initiative when it was introduced in X-Men Gold. Okay. And so an anti-mutant establishment that was experimenting and extracting genes for manipulation and application to human bodies. Uh But it's interesting that we don't even at the end get that reveal that, I mean, it, it seems like a woman. Mm-hmm. But we don't know. But I think we do. <laughs> I mean, in that moment, in seeing that much just like torso and arms, I thought to myself, this is a character that other people are going to know who it is just by this little bit of information. And and I don't. Right. That's kind of how I felt. So I would assume that you'd be correct in saying that's who it is. There you go. We'll find out maybe someday. I don't know, because I assume that the Heritage Initiative is now another one of the shadow organizations building in the background. And I also straight up forgot, like, because Gyrick is dead, right? Right. This is straight not up Gyrick. forgot that he was dead. And I thought that's who it was for no. a little bit. And then I kind of looks like him. And then I and then, you know, the rest of the and he turns happened. into a wolf man. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's All not right. he. That's not him. Yeah. But first, we got to fight some cops bulletproof with intense wrestling moves. So Nyla Rose, who co-wrote with Steve Orlando, mm-hmm. is a professional wrestler. Oh, dope. They are, I believe, the first trans professional wrestler. That's super cool. LG actually sent me a article announcing Nyla's comic. I think it was last week. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm super excited about this. So cool. LG is a friend of ours, just so you all know. That's mm-hmm. a person. Oh, look, another data page with a lot of information. Yeah. Marty Nick. Okay. This? What? It was hard to read. Just the intensity of what's being said, how they treat mutants, the revelations power that like I believe we've seen revelatory before. 
like as a descriptor on data pages. So here's the thing that we've had all these questions about the data pages and where they come from and who's writing them and all this. And then this is saying there's a network created that from a mutant power from a mutant power that only the people who are supposed to see the message see the message. Yeah. And if you try, it melts your brain of some like, kind. What? Yeah. Whose mutant power is this made from? Revelations. Whose revelation? I, all I could think about was danger. And I was like, is danger a mutant? I mean, kind of. Revelation constantly admits an aura that kills anyone who enters it. Those with some form of protection or healing ability are shown as immune. Her powers originally manifested as making anyone near her ill, but grew stronger and the aura radius larger with time. So she was introduced and died in Wolverine Punisher Revelation. Interesting. And does look a lot like danger. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I just feel like with the ties in this book to Orcus and the ties to danger and Orcus, it feels like there's a connection, you know, especially danger being shown within the whole Orcus network spying on everyone and I just feel like, so that's where all the data pages have come from this whole time? I don't think I would assume that that is across everything. I I don't think that all the data pages are from one place. Right. You know, they're from different. And I don't think that there's a, at least yet revealed, like a source that's creating them. You know, it's, it's really just a different way of presenting information. But we have seen revelatory in a data page before. It might have been in the annual. Mm. But just this sender and recipient situation a friend and fellow judas so someone another mutant who is betraying mutant kind i believe it's lydia right so the person Ah, lydia is a mutant no oh but i just believe that it is someone else who is working again lydia is not a mutant her i believe her father was i just feel like because they are referenced as a fellow judas Right, someone betraying people. I don't, it, there's not a lot revealed as to who no, the shadow no, people are. No, of course are. not. But I just, that my assumption is that it's to another mutant only because. Well, Marty Neck is not a mutant either. What? Marty Neck is a person that has experimented on themselves. And that's the whole thing. It's like he was a human that added this stuff into himself. Ah, uh, see, so I knew there was things in this book that I didn't quite understand. I was like, who's this guy? Thunderbird, this even, Thunderbird even calls him out on the fact that like they thought you were a mutant probably and that's why you were working with them. You know, someone else posing as mm. and you know, would Lydia inject herself with some of these upgrades? Potentially. Is that what they're saying with that? Is that it's someone like, else? I just don't understand the logic of these people. And I know that this is like we just talked about it, right? This is the thing. But like we hate How them. How can you say we must I hate you? Them. You're disgusting. I'm more. I'm better than you. We are the majority, and so I'm going to steal your powers to make them my own. How can you justify that? What I'm, is the rationale between you were born with powers, so you suck, I'm but going I'm to, going to make them for myself, so I'm better. I'm going to steal your humanity and what makes you yourself, your culture, essentially, and make it my own. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. But then we get this showdown. Between Thunderbird and Martinek. So Martinek actually first appeared in X-Force Minus One, a flashback story with minus John one. and James. Yep. Minus One, uh, a flashback story with John and James set long before John died in battle as an X-Man. Mm. And interestingly, it was just added to Marvel Unlimited this week. So you can check it out. Wow. 
but Thunderbird and his cheesy action movie lines as he beats these cops. He just straight up throws this car. Yeah. And then the elders are like, what's going on? I don't know, but use this cover. Get the heck out of here. Yeah, let's get out of here. Throwing Wise. cars at me. No big deal. It's a lot of great demonstration of the range of what he can do, Thunderbird, mm. because he's got a relatively vague and untested strength and physical prowess. You know, we don't know too much about his powers beyond the couple of instances we've seen them in action. But we're learning how very strong he is. Right. As he squares off against Marty Nick. Am I saying that right? I don't know. I don't know. Marty Nick. I just looked at it and was like, Marty Nick. Every time I read it. The dialogue making me angry at the idea of these programs existing and getting government funding. Yeah, it's crazy. Time for a flashback. Ooh, a this flashback. Was cool. I really love the different stylization. It just it this... felt very old school comic. Yeah. With the giant floating Xavier head. Yeah. This just calls back to that issue. And in case you didn't know how he died, mm. this is how. We got a reference to it in X-Men Red, I think. Yep. But now you got you're a plane to catch. It. You had a plane yeah. to catch. Yeah. Yeah. And then Thunderbird just goes off with the finishing moves. Yeah. I mean, I gotta say, I'm pretty glad I didn't see him rip this man's skull straight in half. Uh yeah. I don't know. I'm mixed on. But that. also, you're gonna let him live, but you're also not even gonna capture him. You're gonna let him live and let him go. Yeah, that's Grandma. That's a little too lenient, if you ask me. Yeah. That's that's kind of where I was at this. I love their conversation, talking him down, the, the reintroduction of, of grandma and, and even just John's face, the impact mm-hmm. that this has on him, the, the family element of it all. I just this guy deserves to die, though. Like I get the fear of what might happen to the people. It's just a really tough call. I don't know personally if I could have stopped myself. Like, I just feel like I would have. Sorry, grandma. I'm killing this dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If I would have the strength in that moment, I mean, maybe his grandmother does seem to be very influential right. to his decision making. And, so. and one of the last connections to a family he thought lost. So right. someone who raised him in a way, the savagery, the threats. Also, there's one line that I don't fully understand, which is, and look at them, all these guns, all that gear, and all they can do is watch us walk free. Really, though, because Thunderbird is bulletproof, but the rest of y'all are not. Right. So, like. Well, I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to kill them? Like, right. Because that, they they're really, not going to kill them because they want. To, they have witnesses and they, they, and, want, and they want them to alive. harvest the mutant genes, right? It just seems like. Mm, yeah. Questionable. Grandma. I think they've just decided they lost this battle. Yeah. Grandma with that line on the next page. Is that what that terrible man with the island told you? A terrible man with the island. I like her. <laughs> she understands Charles Xavier. And she doesn't trust. Neither did Thunderbird at the beginning. <laughs> oh, the line at the beginning of this where he says, two white men made a reservation and called it freedom. Yeah. I was like, oh, that. Hits. Yeah, that hits. Right. That's That's intense. But. Great ending. Yes, great ending. This growth and connection of their family coming back together and then enter James. Knowing there's a gate that you can just pop on through. Yeah, the bad man with the island, the terrible man with the island is what we got this now. Mm-hmm. And Warpath coming in. 
coming in going, James Proud Star. Are you my grandmother? What? Are you my mother? Holy moly. New selfie time. New family photo. Yeah. It's a very heartwarming ending. Yeah. And a design shout out at the end. I, I love that last page too. Yes. Running with the buffalo. Mm-hmm. Thunderbird will return. And okay. X-Men Red. And X-Men Red number three. Interesting. I wonder if that means he's not going to be at all in number two. Or mm, It seems as though. And a design shout out to David Cutler. Yeah. I thought that was really a nice touch on top of the data page. Big thoughts? I really thought this was a nice way to recap the OG Thunderbird story to give you a little bit of a tie-in to how things with Orcus are affecting just mutants globally and not just Krakoa. And also, I really appreciate when comics take a moment to acknowledge real world issues. Yeah. And I just feel like it makes it so much better. Yeah. And really tying in this idea of colonization and, you know, assuming someone different than you can just be your property. Right. Yeah. It's the the language of oppressors. oppressors. You know, it's it's just the reality of the mutant metaphor in relation to everything else. Yeah. It's just really, it's just a very important, you know, reminder to take a look at what's really happening in the world. Yeah. Because it's so relevant every single day. Yeah. I really like this. Uh, I really liked it a lot. I love the deep dive into this character how he's feeling about the world is kind of a blank slate, but at the same time reestablishing his rough and tough hothead persona. I really hate this villain, even just the concept of him and them. It's from random small continuity, and it just seems like they're all slowly resurfacing or having built power in the background. It makes sense because of the power displayed by the mutants that all of their enemies are gathering and even connecting through Orcus. It's just kind of terrifying, but yeah. but it makes for a very exciting potential of what's to come. Yeah. I mean, there is a little bit of me that is like, okay, so you just kind of introduced yet another Orcus, Orcus organization that we may right. or may not see for some time. But I think in terms of allowing people to reconnect with this character that is now going to hopefully be thrust into the forefront of a book. Right. Um, because it did what it needed to do, you know? That was part of the conversation with Jordan of, all right, so now Thunderbird's back. Like, when are all these other characters coming back? There was a list of, I think, five. And he was like, well, you will see one of those five in a little while mm. um, that they're not going to bring someone back unless there's intention for them. Right, and you also have to... Especially someone like Thunderbird. Like, it's such an interesting concept of like, okay, well, we want you to bring everybody back, but we also want you to bring everybody back and give me a reason and give me a story and don't bring this mutant back if you're not even going to use them. And it's like... But also there's too many titles. <laughs> right, like, you can't have it. You can't have it all, everybody. But you know? I want it all. But you can't have it all. But Good things it. take time, Justin. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Let's talk about the Heritage Initiative okay. and how messed up this is, especially in a native-focused comic. Yes. This idea of a villain that essentially is colonizing mutant kind. Yeah. It's just terrifying, terrible, and makes me hate them. Yeah. makes me identify even more with the mutants being the good guy and the humans being terrible. Yeah. It's, the- it's just so in your face of this idea that 
I'm going to say that I'm better than you, but I'm going to take part of you for myself. Right. I'm going to make you similar to me. I'm going to make me similar to you, but... But then I'm still better than you. While also telling you you're terrible. Yeah, just it's so horrifyingly accurate to real life. Yeah. This is likely your largest exposure to the character Thunderbird and especially his family and history. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts, feelings, reactions on John Proudstar? He is pretty much introduced as we left him. You know, he's a hothead that goes in, fists pumping, but but also with a lot of reason to. You know, this was definitely a call for classic Thunderbird. Yeah, I feel like I, I guess I see where you could call him a hothead, but I also feel like he's just reacting to the situation and he has a very clear cause yeah and he's very noble that's what i got from him you Mm. know he's noble and he wants to basically make amends for the mistakes he's made in the past you know i think really pointing out this idea of the decision to go after that plane and how it affected everyone going forward mm-hmm. and now coming back and seeing how all this time has passed and how all these things have changed. It definitely gives him this perspective of was this decision that I made the right decision and now I know there's nothing I can do about that decision, but what can I do going forward to better the lives of the people around me? And I think that that really, that's what I really got from him is that he is his pride is a sense of community pride and it's and it's a sense of his people and what he's fighting for and it's not about him yeah which yeah. i think is a really honorable thing and a great way to reconnect with him just mm-hmm. based on what's important to him yes orcus orcus it is hard to identify with the humans in this like is there any understanding of where orcus comes from to like, the humans no, to us as humans, like like the where Orcus, I mean, I guess you connect it to, and then what they're doing through the story, you connect it to historical precedent of action, and, you know, that's definitely... Orcus's rich white men. Basically, yes. This is a touchy subject for me right now. Yes, especially <laughs> with the announcement from the Supreme Court. Yeah, this is definitely a... Uh, an organization, a shadowy organization of government power trying to maintain control for who they want to maintain control for. Mm-hmm. But this this ultimate doomsday planning with manipulation of mutants as property, I understand that it's potentially all influenced by Omega Sentinel and what she knows or what she comes back with and how she's manipulating things in the background. It just yes. feels like so far removed from humanity it's a lot of fear-mongering and gaslighting yeah yeah. you know it's like we're we're telling you what to be afraid of and we're telling you that this is the only way to escape that is to be on our side and that this idea of like we have to take them down before they take us down and implanting in the minds of the humans that the mutants are evil. But then you have things like, I don't know, maybe um, <clears throat> curse and nature girl and so on <laughs> doing things saying, well, I'm the X-Men. Yeah. And then people like Orcus use that and say, see, see, what did I tell you? What, what you know? were we talking about before? But nobody comes back around and says, well, look at what Orcus just did. And it's always framed as self-defense for them and always framed as an attack for other people, which is such a common thing 
in society today. Whoever is telling you that they are the person in charge, their aggressive actions are always in defense or for the betterment or for the safety. But everyone else's aggressive actions are an attack. Yeah. And it's just a really potent metaphor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's intense. <laughs> yeah. Giant size X-Men Thunderbird special sauce questions. Okay. Power of X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get it. Dayspring. So happy Thunderbird is back. Mm-hmm. Mutual. It's uh, back That's and with purpose. Feeling. You know, yeah. not just back. It, it felt like they were signaling it with all of the, yeah, we named our ship after him and he's, yeah. he's outside with the little, I don't know how they have this happen and people know about it, but you'll, you still have the memorial outside of the treehouse. but yeah, that's true. They'll make it work. They definitely have been hinting at it for mm. quite some time. Warline comics wants to know how does Cassandra know about the first blood shed? Is she the Cassandra from uncanny X-Force and knows that info from the future? I don't know if it is, but she's got to know slash have had some involvement with the planting of it. You remember how the map in the Mysterium box led to right. her exact location. That's what I'm saying. She is up she to is some playing shady business. Layers of something to uncover what's going on. I don't know if it's that specific iteration of Cassandra Nova, mm-hmm. but uh, you might be onto something. Yeah. Worth Time checking out. Traveling nonsense. And Hot Claws wants to know if we would rather have Thunderbird on more solo adventures. Or have him join a team. No, I'm excited for him to join the team. Yeah. I go back and forth because I, as I was writing this down, I, I'm really excited to see him in a team dynamic just because of that difference. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I want, and, and especially for a character that seems to have a lot of pride in what he's doing and, and desire to do things right by his people. Yeah. I, I would want the mission of whatever team that he's on to ring true to that. And I'm yes. not sure what that cause is outside of a solo or a very small handpicked team of him. You know, if it's if it's him, his brother, and Irish, you know, Banshee, like, that's cool. <laughs> or, or, you know, like just something that they're solving a problem. Maybe, but I also, he's got to be on uh, X-Men Red. Yeah, he's well, that's be on where my brain goes is I want to see him on X-Men Red, but I wouldn't be... Like, I feel like the giant size, everybody gets like, giant size, number one, and then we move on to another giant size. Right. We don't get that a number two. No, it's not so, built for that. Right. But so I think like every once in a while, a solo story would be cool, you know? Yeah. But it depends on how they're going to factor in the Heritage Project, because yeah. if that's something that continues with him as like a solo mission, similar to all the stuff that's been going on with Wolverine... That could be really interesting, or him and his brother doing that, right? Um, and maybe get some of the other X Force friends that yeah. you know Warpath is working with, or New Mutants right. that he's currently working with. Right, get Danny Moonstar in that mix. Ooh, I'd be into that. Yeah, mixed, mixed feelings. Danny Moonstar. Speaking of Danny Moonstar, where's she at? In limbo, probably. I miss her. Solid week of comics. Solid week of comics. We're, we're coming in light next week. We oh, light. We got X-Men number 11. Okay. And that's it. Period. Plus an Infinity Comic. Plus an Infinity Comic. And then watch out for the next week. Oh, gosh. There is entirely too many for one 
week. How many? Six. Six. That's going to be at least two episodes, y'all. It's got to be. Wait, is that my birthday week? Uh, yes. It's questionable since my birthday is on a Sunday. I could get right. two weeks to be my birthday week. Yeah. Oh, it's my birthday month, everybody. Yes. Welcome to May. It's going to be May. <laughs> well... That was a lot to digest, but we did it. It's a big, it's a big amount of uh, story for a morning conversation. Yeah, that's a lot. That's it's a lot now, to chew on. You know, before ten a.m., but we did it. So until next time, old friend Charles, you terrible man on the island. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan.